Hey there, welcome to The Third Seat. This is the show where we have open and honest dialogues with experts who have a unique perspective to share straight to you. I'm your host, Daniel Trinum with Croft & Frost, and I'm excited to bring you today's episode. As always, all links as well as relative information will be in the description of this episode down below. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's join into the conversation. My guest today is someone that uh, I'm really uh, inspired by his story. Uh, he's a very kind individual, very well-spoken individual, someone that um, he has accomplished a lot uh, so far in, in his young career and somebody that uh, I think you all will really enjoy uh, to hear his story and a little bit about what he does. Uh, he is a Georgia native, uh, but currently he is residing in Boston, Massachusetts. So he's a little bit uh, north of where he's originally from, but uh, connecting via Zoom today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Edward Freeman. Edward, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much, Daniel, for having me. Hi, everyone. My name is Edward Freeman. I am a graduate of the Georgia Institute of Technology with a Bachelor's of Science in Biology and a Bachelor's of Science in Spanish Language. I um, am a motivational speaker and author, as well as a servant um, leader to many people. And I find my passion from serving to others. Awesome. Awesome. Ever. So uh, you said that you are, I know you're from, you're, you're a Georgia native. Uh, you're, you're from there. Um, and you mentioned that you are a, a public or a, pub, a published author, excuse me. Uh, and I know when we originally talked a little bit, um, I told you that I read your book for those that are watching. It's this book right here. Uh, the title of the book is called standing stand on who you were created to be. And I read through the book. Uh, it's, it's really good. Uh, a lot of the stories are personal stories of your own life and just experiences that you've had growing up uh, into who you are today. And I really enjoyed it. And I was the fact that, you know, uh, how, how old are you? If you don't, you know, I just turned 23 in April. So um, at the young age of 23 right now. So, so you're, I mean, the, the reason why I asked that is you're 23 and you're already, you know, you, you just graduated from uh, Georgia tech uh, and you're a published, published author. I, you know, I, I think that's, I think that's very admirable. I think that's really cool. Uh, you know, I, I'm personally am Thank not you. a published author. Uh, and so I just think that's really cool. Whatever I found out that you are someone that's close to my, age and you've been doing all that you've been doing uh i knew that i wanted to have a conversation with you so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to speaking with you today thank you thank yeah. you um you know it's a blessing to be able to be 23 and just to i guess produce different content and produce a book um because my biggest goal was to inspire people my age to see life differently and see their circumstances differently it's I think the biggest thing with being a 20 something is having a mindset of adaptability, but also learning how to roll the punches as life comes because post-grad, entering college, leaving college, going to grad school, all these different things are transitions, but we need to learn how to roll with the punches in order to adapt to the transitions. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And uh, I'm glad you kind of phrase it that way because, again, if, if you're listening to this or if you're watching this, I recommend you go check out uh, his, his book. I'll make sure to have a, a link in the description if you'd like to check it out and support. You can uh, go purchase. I know it's on Amazon and uh, you can probably find it in other major book retailers. Um, but in chapter three specifically, uh, not that I'm going to you know make you read or anything, but that was a chapter that stuck out to me a lot. Uh, and the chapter was titled Rejection. And it it was one that stuck, it stuck out to me because I think that uh, that chapter in particular, it everyone, no matter what walk of life you come from, has likely experienced rejection in some form or another, you know, throughout our lives. I know that, uh, like I said, we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different experiences, but specifically you, uh, in that chapter, you talk about different ways, you know, growing up in, in, uh, you know, predominantly white communities and growing up as kind of like an outcast to a degree, you felt like you didn't exactly fit in. Like you were not, you weren't part of the in crowd, I guess, growing up. And you talk about that, but that, you, but then you also contrast that with the fact that that has helped you grow up into who you are. It's, it's helped you, uh, learn a lot of lessons about who you are, who you want to be, and the example that you want to set, uh, for those that come after you. And so, uh, just, just talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind, you know, what, what was it like 
growing up, just feeling like you're not, you don't exactly fit in, but now with the hindsight that you have, uh, how does it make you feel to know that these experiences, although they may have been painful at the time, these experiences of rejection, uh, have, you know, they may have been painful at the time, but they have now allowed you to, uh, be the, the man and the individual that you are today. Absolutely. So first I would say that your difference is the gift to the world. That was one part that I touched on standing. But talking about how being different is a gift. It's a blessing. Um, many people look at their difference as being weird, being outcast, or being like just awkward, socially awkward. But I saw my interest in my creative talents as a gift. And I, it took me a while to come to that point because when you grow up in a predominantly white environment or even you grow up in like a small town, a lot of people can't really see outside of what's around the town. So me, I had these big ideas and big pictures in my head of the life I wanted to live and the things that I wanted to do. And it came down to execution and staying true to myself, staying true to my goals and my values. So now at 23, I look at the socially awkward teenager, the teenager that had a hard time fitting in. And I'm thankful that I didn't allow external pressures to affect me internally. Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful that I allowed um, myself to stay true, stay true to who I was, but also allow myself to continue to create in my own lane. I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people need to learn in society. When people around you don't see your vision, stay true to your vision, stay true to who you are, and things will work out for you. Because at the same time, a lot of people can only see from their perspectives. So you have to always keep your perspective and your eyes open for um, where you want to go because if you're blinded by what other people are saying and what other people see against your ear, then you're not going to be able to focus on who you are and where you want to go through yeah, and and uh, you, you put it wonderfully. You know, I think oftentimes when we experience, you know, rejection or we feel like we're an outcast, it's oftentimes, at least in my experience, it's oftentimes not because we've done anything wrong. It's just because we're we're different in some way. We're we're visibly different than those that are around us, and you know. To me, that's what makes us special. I, I think you touched on that a little bit. Don't focus on necessarily, uh, you know, what you what people deem as bad, but focus on what makes you special, what makes you who you are. Uh, and and you know, we're going to come in contact with individuals who, uh, for whatever reason, they you know, oftentimes they they can make us feel like we're we are that outcast. But I think if we are able to, like you said, and like you touched on in your book a little bit, uh, focus on what makes us special, not not necessarily, you know. Our, di- our differences are what make us special. And so by definition, those differences, you know, they, they cause us to stand out. And uh, I think if we focus on that and allow that to define us in a sense of not that we're bad because we're different, but we're special because we're different. Um, I think that's, that's a, a great example to set. And I, and I like that even again, at such a young age, I know that we're, we're, we're similar ages here, but uh, at such a, such a young age, that's, that's, that was your goal uh, then, then. And it's your goal now uh, to set an example for those that, you know, you know, uh, there's a, there's likely a middle schooler out there somewhere that was just like you when you were younger. And they're probably feeling similar things that you felt when you were younger and, and having someone like yourself to be ahead of them and say, Hey, you know what? Life may not be exactly what you want it right now. You may feel like you don't fit in, but those differences, those things that make you stand out are what make you special. And, and I think that's, I think it's a great message. And I think that's uh, incredibly, incredibly important in today's society, you know? Absolutely. I do agree. And the thing about it is I think a lot of times, especially with our generation, social media dictates a lot of what, um, how we feel about ourselves internally. It's, honest, it's honestly a constant comparison of comparing yourself to this person, comparing yourself to this social group. But when you're good with yourself on the inside, it doesn't matter what, what is going on on Instagram, what's going on on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. I don't even know if people still use Facebook. But, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Uh, because you're so content with who you are that nothing can rock you. Um, even if you feel insecure, that it wouldn't last so long. So that's the biggest part. And I had to get to that part where even today, I had to remind myself, okay, you're good. You're good on the inside. Don't let the situation really phase you. Don't let it change your internal. But be, be content with you. And that's the biggest thing um, I've learned in my early 20s as I transitioned from high school to um, college and even college to postgrad is to be content with who I am and what I like to do. Um, I love speaking. I love service. I love 
foreign language. I actually like science. I'm a big science nerd. So those are things that I like. And it's a, you know what? I had to tell myself, if people don't like it, at least I love it. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, so I think with specifically talking about social media a little bit, you, you touched on there. Um, the, the, the dangerous thing with social media and not to, not to be that person, I'm not trying to say that social media, like in all aspects is bad, but I know for young people, especially, and, and I've had these experiences where um, I think we have this idea that we see, I mean, let's be honest, you know, we see on social media, this, this uh, kind of facade where people are trying to oftentimes put up something that's not exactly true to who they are, or they're trying to put up this, you know, uh, perfect form of themselves when it's just not true. You know, uh, I think right. embracing the fact that um, we're not perfect, that we have imperfections. I think that's a much healthier way to go about just our daily lives. And like you were talking about uh, embracing those imperfections and being content with who you are, understanding that you're not supposed to be perfect. No, no one is expecting anyone to be 100% perfect all the time. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to falter and that's okay. That's, that's part of being a human. And I think understanding that from a young age uh, is incredibly important and something that I hope that if anybody, you know, is listening to this, whether they're young or old, uh, you know, I hope that they understand that you don't have to be perfect. Whatever you, whatever idea, whatever standard you think you have to, you have to hold yourself to because of whatever society tells you, it's not necessarily true. Uh, being able to be right. content with who you are and accepting your imperfections and your flaws is incredibly important to just uh, not only your personal self-development, but being, like you said, being content with who you are. And Daniel, you touched on something really good. Um, I feel like perfectionism, a lot of times we try to create this perfect image and you touched on this. Like a lot of times we try to be so perfect, everything perfect, but life isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Things happen. We make mistakes. We fall down. But it's, it's the fact that we get back up and we we find ourselves in a different place. Life is full of learning experiences. You live and you learn every day. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is with social media, you try to create this perfect facade. You try to live in this fake world. But I say, you know what? With social media, you're going to get the same person on and off. You're going to get the same brand on and off because I don't want to create a life where it's, um, I'm trying to think of a metaphor here, but it's like you're living in a glass, a glass house. Yeah. And pretty much, I, I think you see where I'm going. Yeah. You're yeah. In a glass yeah. House and one little stone, one little obstacle shatters your whole world. Yeah. I want to live a real life. I want to live a shorter life. Um, that's not perfect. You know, I like perfectionism. I like to, I like to be excellent. Yeah. I'd rather say instead of being perfect, I like to be excellent. But perfectionism isn't always the case. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall on our face. Yeah. But it's how we get up that matters. Yeah. No, and, and to a degree, like I understand the desire to have the goal be whatever, you know, whatever you're, you're aiming to do. I have the, I understand the desire for that goal to be the, the quote unquote perfect version of whatever you're trying to accomplish, you know, uh, which I don't think that's inherently a bad thing. Like you should, you should, you know, have high goals. You should shoot to achieve uh, high, you know, have high standards for yourself. Like I, I, I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, but on the, on, at the same time, we should understand that, yes, we have high goals and we want to achieve great things. Um, but if we fail, if we falter, if we don't exactly reach where we want to, or if we, uh, you know, if we hope for A and we get B, that's okay. Like that's not, that does not define you as a person. It does not mean that you as a person are a failure. That just means that you've taken a bit of a detour or you've, you've had a change of pace. Like that's okay. Every person on this earth has fallen short in some way at some point in their life. And that is, that is perfectly okay. You know, what's important is to understand that, yes, we should have, we should have goals that we should have goals that scare us. We should have goals that are lofty and we should try to accomplish them. We should, we should aim high, you know? Um, But at the same time, understanding that we're human beings, we're going to fall short we are imperfect and that we shouldn't expect ourselves to be perfect in every single aspect of our life. That's, that's a, it's a hard balance to have, but I think that's an incredibly important balance to strike. If you can, if you can uh, maintain that balance and especially for young people today, I mean, you know, I, I have grown up in a time where computers and phones have virtually existed my entire life. And again, not to, not that, you know, they're necessarily bad things. It's just, 
they can be quickly utilized in ways that are unhealthy, in my opinion, uh, and that can make us feel like we have to be perfect in every aspect of our lives. Uh, but the reality is we, we don't have to, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't desire to be perfect in everything because no one is. And eventually you'll drive yourself, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to be perfect in every aspect of your life, you know? Right. And I definitely agree. Um, I definitely agree. I would say one thing that I learned is sometimes you have to unplug from social media because it could be a data overload. Um, you're thinking about, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. You know, this person got this job. Where am I at in life? Okay. All that is just mental clutter. Mm-hmm. You have to take out the trash sometimes. And sometimes that includes logging off Instagram, logging off Twitter for a little bit, logging off LinkedIn and taking time to just breathe and be content with yourself. That's the most important thing um, that I would say that I've noticed so far is being content, um, finding contentment with deploying from social media. That's perfectly fine. You don't have to be on Instagram all day. You don't have to be on Twitter. And that's a good way to keep your mental health intact. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Um, you you taught, so uh, just to change a little bit. Uh, so you're currently up in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, you are, you're from Georgia and you, you graduated. What, what did you say your degree was, what your degree was in that you, uh, you acquired from Georgia Tech? So I graduated with a dual degree bachelor's of science in biology and applied languages and intercultural studies with a concentration in Spanish language. In other words, a Spanish degree, but uh, a double degree from Georgia Tech in biology and Spanish. Nice. That's impressive. That's impressive. So, uh, uh, yeah, you're, you're welcome. Um, so, and now you're living up in, uh, in Boston, you're currently working at Moderna. Um, and, and I just want to know, like, what are some lessons that you you've learned or you feel like you've learned now that you have a little bit of hindsight? You said, I know you said, did you say you're going for a, a graduate or a post bachelor's degree at the moment? Um, I'm taking a gap year to attend medical yeah. school. So nice. I, um, this is during my gap year. Um, so, so I'm going to be applying to medical school, um, within the next year and a half or two years or so, but yeah. taking some time off to, um, really work on, projects and really work on things that I want to do because I find that very important to take that time um, for yourself because with undergraduate, you're always in school, school, school and being a double major, every semester it was something on top of something. So now I'm taking the time to find what everybody likes um, and find the things that I enjoy and get back into my hobbies because I feel like you lose a little bit of yourself when you're in school. I mean, don't quote me on that, but I think think you, you definitely do. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a little bit of sacrifice, which I mean, that's 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 not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I think that's with anything worth having, uh, you know, nothing, nothing is nothing worth having is going to come free or come easy, you know. So you do, you know, you have to sacrifice a little bit of yourself and a little bit of your time here and there. Um, but at the same time, I mean, we were just talking about finding that balance. At the same time, it's incredibly important to be able to know when to sacrifice things in your life to know when to sacrifice your time and to sacrifice different aspects of who you are. Uh, but at the same time, it's important to maintain those hobbies. It's important to maintain the things that just bring you happiness and bring you joy. Uh, those are equally as important in in my opinion, as the times when you're really, you know, kind of down in the trenches, kind of, you know, grinding it out, trying to achieve a goal. Uh, both both of those aspects of life are incredibly important in my opinion. And so, yeah, I I 100% agree. Um, so now that you are, Take, you're taking a little bit of a gap year right now, but you're planning on uh, applying and, and uh, continuing your education in medical school soon. What are some of the lessons that you have learned that you hope to take with you from your, you know, days at uh, Georgia Tech uh, and your bachelor's degree mm-hmm. and carry and how do you hope to carry that on into your future endeavors, whether it's medical school, whether it's, you know, future speaking engagements, whether it's whatever you hope to do. Uh, how do you hope to carry those lessons that you learned during those formative years of your, you know, your young adulthood into the, the future of your career and of your life? Okay. This is an excellent, this is a really excellent um, segue here. Wow, that, that, that threw me off a little bit. I have to think about this one. Um, so the first one I would say is to be, give yourself grace. Give yourself grace. A lot of times we try to pack things on to our schedules. We try to be like, I should be here, I should be there. But sometimes life does happen. Sometimes you do have a hard day. Sometimes you may have a hard month, a hard week. Sometimes you have to give yourself a little bit of grace and a little bit of flexibility. 
flexibility because with those great periods, you're able to restore mentally, physically, even spiritually. Um, there are some things that you have to take time to heal and deal with before you can continue within your career, continue with your progress. So I would say give yourself some grace. And that's one thing I had to learn because personally, I felt like coming into post-grad, I was like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be going there. And then I'm just like, four months in post-grad, five months or so, wait, actually six. That's how fast time has been going. Um, I reached a point where I realized, wow, I wish I would have given myself some more grace during some situations in undergraduate, even post-grad, I wish I would have given myself some grace because that would have led to less stress and anxiety because the more you try to pack on and if you're not in the right mental state or if you're not in the right physical state, you're going to be tired. You're going to be stressed and that's going to lead to stress on top of anxiety. And that's not a good place to be. Um, And the other lesson I would say is community is very important. You have to surround yourself with people who get it and who get you. People are going to push you into purpose. People are going to push you into your next. Because if you're not around those people, you're not going to go as far as you can. Um, There's an African proverb, and I may be misquoting this, but it says, if you want to travel, if you want to travel, um, if you want to travel, go alone. But if you want to travel far, go with a group. I'm paraphrasing this, but the main goal of um, what I was trying to say is find yourself a good community of people because some of my friends, they've been there in me. They've been there like with me in the trenches. They've been there no matter what. Um, and they push me. They're like, all right, bro, you're not doing this. You need to come on, get, get back on yourself. Let's get it. Yeah. You know, those type of people who motivate you and push you to want more for your life. But also some people who, if you don't see the vision, they see the vision for you. So you always have those people who are looking out for you. Um, and it's a mutual benefit. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll say lastly, um, I would say prioritize the things that you love. That's one thing I'm learning post-grad is school is good. Yes, school is good. I have a lot more school to go. But lately I've been doing the things that I love to do, the things that um, nourish my soul, the things that nour- nourish my mental and my physical. So it's like, maybe I may go for a walk. Maybe I may go treat myself to some food or maybe I may take a trip. Doing things that I love to do and prioritizing that, whatever you love to do, amplify it because when you're when you feel good, you look good, you're going to be good to go ahead and knock out those goals, go ahead and go up higher in your professional career, in your academic career. So those are some things that I've taken away from postgrad so far. Yeah, and and you know specifically that last point that you were talking about, I it was something that I really had to find uh, a balance with whenever I was in uh, you know my my working on my bachelor's degree, um, you know, if, if one aspect of your life is doing great, let's say, let's say your, your, you know, your studies, your, your schoolwork is going great, but every other aspect of your life is not what you want it to be. That is not an ideal picture of what you, what, what you would hope, hope your life to look like, because sure, maybe your schoolwork is going well, but if every other aspect of your life is, is, you know, crumbling down, if it's not what you hope for it to be, that's going to have a, and it sounds obvious, but it, in practice, it can be a lot harder to employ. Um, if, if other aspects of your life is not what you hope it to be, then that's going to have a direct negative impact on the other aspects of your life that maybe they are doing well. You know, if I'm in school and I'm working hard and I'm doing everything I can to you know, uh, do well in my assignments and make sure that I'm, I'm up on everything, but my, my relationship with my family is not well. Uh, you know, my work life is not going well. If those things are, are falling short, that's going to have a direct negative impact on my schoolwork. I'm not going to be the best student that I could be. I'm not going to be the best version of myself that I could be. And I think that's incredibly important because oftentimes I will see so much uh, what seems to me people kind of what, what is called burning the candle at both ends, you know, just, just, just going a hundred percent at something all the time. And, and that's not necessarily bad. Like I, I, I commend the attitude of going at something full force and trying to achieve a goal or achieve something right. as best you can. But 
at the same time, you have to have balance. You have to, I know I've said balance a lot in this episode. I don't know what's gotten into me, but, yeah, yeah. And so if, you know, if, if you're going to burn yourself out in one aspect, whether it's work, whether it's school, whether it's your relationships, you, you, that's not a sustainable model. You know, you have to make sure that all or as many aspects of your life that you can handle are, are, you know, uh, are kept to a adequate standard. Uh, that's, that's incredibly important because, if one aspect of your life is doing well, but everything else is falling apart, that's going to have, that's, that's no foundation to build a life upon, you know? Oh, that's good. That's yes. <laughs> yeah. I got a snap for that one. That was like, wow. Okay. That was point. That was like spot on. I would say, and um, the important thing about having a balanced life is everything is equal. Everything's at equilibrium. So it's like, if you're not, if you're academically successful, but you're not in a great mental state, then how is that? How are you going to continue on to a master's or a PhD mm-hmm. or into academia further, further? If you're not like mentally, I guess mentally in a good place, physically in a good place, how are you going to continue to go on with your professional development, with your career? Because all these things do, everything is connected. I'm a strong believer that everything's connected. If you're not balanced spiritually, you're not balanced mentally, you're not balanced physically, everything is connected and your life is going to be out of whack. So it's important to take that time. And honestly, hiatuses, they're good. Yeah. They're good. Breaks are good. You don't always have to be going. And one thing that I realized is I'm 20, 23. I mean, I'm 23. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm definitely not 20, um, but I'm 23. I have time. You know, not in the sense that I'm going to be complacent and just feel like, oh, I have time, but I'm going to be actively working towards my goals. But at the same time, periods of stillness are really good. There, they teach you a lot about yourself. They teach you things that you may need to take time to take notes. Um, one thing that my great grandmother told me growing up, and I kind of kept this with me, um, and it's ironic that where I'm going with this is is going in the same direction. But um, when you hear something, put it in your pocket for later. So it's like when you're in those periods of stillness, you may learn something, you may hear something, you may there's maybe something that sits deep with you. Put it in your pocket for later because you never know when in life you would need to pull that experience or that situation back out because you have that experience or your experience, what you're going through. Half the things that we go through isn't for us. It's for other people. Like being bullied and being rejected. I look at some middle schoolers. I look at some high schoolers that I've spoken with. And they've experienced the same thing. Growing up in a predominantly white school, growing up in um, pretty much growing up in areas that weren't pretty much conducive to creative kids. Um, and I grew up in rural South Georgia, but having a big picture, having a big idea, like I'm going to travel the world, I'm going to do all these things. You know, a lot of people weren't thinking like that. So when you put things in your pocket, I put this experience in my pocket that I had growing up. Because now when I go out into my career, when I go out into the world, I may be able to inspire someone saying, say, okay, I've been there. I've seen what that looks like. Let me tell you what I did to get over this hurdle. Let me tell you what I did to get over this mountain because if I did it, then surely you can. So half of our life experiences, we go through, not for us, but we go through for other people. Yeah. And, you know, within that attitude right there, that attitude of whatever you experience, keep it in your pocket. I, I, I love that. Uh, but the the kind of, the foundation of that is an understanding that, even whatever happens to you, good or bad, whatever you whatever you see, experience, hear, whatever, good or bad, inherently they can be used for good. You know, because what you're saying is, even if you have a bad experience, you know, in a relationship, or even if you have a bad experience at work, even if you know you get bullied, someone calls you a name, or you you feel like you've been kind of shunned from the popular crowd, or, or whatever, those things seem like they're bad on the surface. And, and not that I'm saying like I, I understand that they are. Like you know, those those aren't aren't fun experiences. But what you're saying is that those bad experiences can be used for good later on. Right. And I think that's incredibly important because. Being able to not only learn from our good, from the good and the bad experiences in our lives for our own sake, but also being able to, like you said, keep those experiences in your pocket. So where whenever you meet someone, maybe they're maybe they're younger than you and maybe they're going through a similar experience and being able to say, hey, I know what it feels like to be in your shoes. I know what it's like to be uh, in a position where you feel like you don't belong or you feel like you're, uh, you know, you're not given the chance that you feel that you deserve. Being able to then show them how you handled that experience, like you said, uh, and being able to 
take that out and show them that there is a way forward. There is a positive way forward that these negative experiences can be used for good. I think it's, that's a, that's a great attitude to have. And, and one that, um, you know, I, I think that, I think it's incredibly important just for uh, individuals, especially young individuals growing up in today's world. Um, something you talked about a little bit, or you kind of you kind of indirectly touched on there. Uh, it goes back to your second point of of the importance of community. Uh, you know the the saying that I always like to like to say is that no man is an island. No man gets anywhere on their own. Um, and, yes. and, and really, I mean, I, I've seen that in my own life. And I know that I would say for 99% of people, if not every person, that's the case for every person that's done anything in their life. Uh, you know, I know specifically with school, you know, in, in my college experience and just, you know, everything beyond that now, um, if it wasn't for the people that are close to me uh, and the people that are around me, I there I can 100% without a doubt say that I would not be in the position that I'm in and not that I, not to say that I've like made it in life or anything but uh you know anything worth having is going to be exponentially harder to achieve and it's it's going to be it's going to be much harder to achieve without those around you that push you to achieve that thing but also in in my opinion Whenever you achieve something, uh, you know whether whether you get that job or you you know you finish that degree or you uh, you know you you complete that project you've been working on. To me, it's a lot more gratifying when I have those people around me to enjoy in that moment, and and that also right. I've been able to work alongside because you know, for instance, we've been talking about school a lot. Whenever I graduated mm-hmm. from, uh, from college and, and, you know, I finished my degree. Sure. My name was the one that was on the degree, but in that moment, I, I had the ability to see that, yeah, I did the schoolwork and I was in classes, but it wasn't just me. It was, it was my family that helped got me to that point. It was my friends that helped push me. It was the individuals that allowed me to take those breaks that you've been talking about that are so important. It, it, it was the collective action of all those people that got me to that point. And, and sure, my name was the one that's on the degree. Sure, I'll, I'll walk, across the, walk across the stage and shake the hands and do whatever. <laughs> but uh, it, it wasn't just me. It was, it was me and the people around me that helped get me to that point. And I, I think that's a beautiful picture, you know. Um, who, who doesn't want to to share in those great experiences with the people that they know and love. And I think that's, that's an incredibly important part of life that I hope uh, more people, whatever, you know, avenue of life you're in are able to embrace that idea of community and having those around you that can really help push you. Absolutely. Um, I tend times I agree with that. There are so many people at graduation that I just literally ran and gave a hug because I know what we, um, we encountered um, just through our undergraduate, I know the struggles, the classes that we thought we weren't going to pass, the times where we may have made 23s on tests and we cried, but we were all there and we all walked across that stage. And even though it's our names on individual degrees, mm-hmm. we were in a struggle together. We know what it looks like having 23 cents in your account or maybe yeah. <laughs> you know, different things that college students do encounter. Um, but the beauty in graduation is you see everyone having their home. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no moment. Um, I would say college graduation is the most beautiful thing because you see people from all walks of life, people, your friends that you've been in classes with since freshman year, four years of growth. And once you walk across that stage, it's like, wow, this is a big achievement. And to this day, I look at my friends and I'm just like, we really graduated college. Like, even though it's six months, <laughs> I'm just like, I really, I thought this professor was going to fail me. <laughs> I'm still here. You told me I wasn't going to make it, but ha, I'm still here. You know, it's things that I really think about like that, like, wow, you know, in the moment. And this is why um, with perfectionism, you have to be careful because in the moment, you may think that your situation is like the worst situation in the world is bigger. But I saw this quote on Twitter. Someone saw the situation that you were in and flipped it. And I think about those times where I was like, oh, I made a 23 on this test and I just cried my eyes out. But I was like, okay, somebody made a 23, but they bounced back from this. So it's like having that resilience is very important. Um, and being resilient is one of the most important things that one can do. Um, because when you're resilient, you have that bounce back factor. No matter what it gets to you, no matter if there's any obstacle in your life, you're going to bounce back. You're going to go hard and you're going to bounce back because nothing will get you down too fast. Yeah, yeah, no, I 100% agree. And, and that's a... Uh... 
you, you talked about how just whenever you finished graduation, you looked around at your friends like, wow, we, we really did that. Uh, I, I 100% know what you know what you mean. And so that's a it's a it's a great picture of just how a community of individuals, large or small, can really lift up one person to achievement. I think that's a, a great picture. And uh, I 100% agree. Um, so you currently, uh, you're currently working, uh, at Moderna and you, you, you have your, uh, you graduated from Georgia tech, uh, with a, with a dual degree, which I, I didn't even realize before this was a dual degree, uh, but a dual degree in, in, uh, would you say, would you say biology or medicine? What was it before? Biology. So I graduated with one bachelor's in biology. Yeah. Spanish. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, I'll probably ask that again. So just keep ready. Just keep, keep that ready. But, uh, but uh, you know, you're obviously heavily, you're, you know, you're heavily involved in the medical field. Uh, my father, he, so he is a, he's an internal medicine doctor. And I've known that being around individuals that work in medicine, it's often not something that you can just do for the heck of it. You know, you're, you're not just doing it just for fun. Like, you know, maybe there are people that do it. I don't know. I could be wrong, but Oftentimes people in medicine, whatever, whatever, you know, avenue of, of that field you find yourself in, most people that I encounter do it because they have a passion for it, because they want to help individuals, uh, because right. they want to be of service to other people. And I think that's a really cool picture and one that I think oftentimes people can struggle to find. They can struggle to find that passion in the work that they do. Uh, you know, uh, the story of someone just kind of, which there's no shame in this, but the story of someone working a job to make men's, to make ends meet uh, is, is an incredibly common story. And, and it's a, it's a commendable one for sure. But behind that oftentimes is the, is the idea of if I could just find that one career that I find just the most joy in, or that, that drives me to be better each day, uh, then I would have it, then, you know, then, then I would be there um, for you. And I know that you've obviously got a long life and a long career ahead of you. Uh, but for you, now that you seem to have found that career that, you know, provides you with that passion, that provides you with that drive, um, and, and you've been able to find a, a field that not only you're driven to achieve in, but you're also fulfilled by it, what would you say are some good tips or some good steps someone can take, whether they're old or young, uh, to find a career or to find a field that they're passionate about, to find a field or a career that drives them to show up every day, to do, to do the dirty work whenever it needs to be done, to do uh, the work that drives them to be better each day? Uh, what would you say are some tangible steps and some, some uh, tips that you would give to someone that's looking to find that passion uh, in their career? Oh, these are some good questions, man. You make me think a little bit this well, morning. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so I would say, <laughs> to start off, one tip I would say is to follow follow your heart. So, and when I say follow your heart, is a lot of people, they were like, um, because I added my Spanish degree during my senior year of undergraduate, knowing it would cause me to stay another semester um because i was set to graduate in may 21 um but ended up graduating in december 21 but people are like you're wasting time you know why don't you just keep a mind and stuff but i knew the life that i wanted to live and i knew what i envisioned for myself and personally spanish has been my passion for a while so i said you know what it's just three or four more classes i can i can knock it out yeah um and i followed my heart on that one and it ended up working out for me to where um, I'm able to do certain things because I have a Spanish degree. And it's ended up working as a blessing because at the time when I was going through those additional four classes in addition to my biology major, it was like, why am I doing this ever? Why, you know, you set yourself up for stress. These people may be right, you know, are you out of your mind doing this? And then I look back at the sacrifice and I said, you know what, 100% worth it. If I had it to do all over again, I would do it because I followed my heart. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what, um, what what was in my heart to do but on the flip side of this sometimes when we follow our heart we could be a little bit stubborn at times so don't be afraid to adhere to wisdom and listen to wise counsel because if you don't sometimes you may put yourself in those situations where you are stressed um and it may be unnecessary so be follow your heart but be wise enough to listen to advice and filter everything if you don't need it like my grandma said put it in your pocket for later yeah. Yeah. um and another tip I will also say is to um, do what makes you happy. Follow your heart, but do what makes you happy. I personally love science. I love science since I was young. Um, 
I grew up watching a lot of Jurassic Park. So <laughs> my interest, my interest in start, science started at like six or seven because I loved how the DNA was replicated to create the dinosaurs. And I was mm-hmm. so fascinated with biology. And then when I got to middle school, I started learning about cells and everything. And I said, you know what? Ninth grade, I told myself, I want to major in biology. I want to go to medical school. All these different things. And I had an awesome biology freshman, um, a freshman biology teacher um, my freshman year of um, high school. And that really inspired me to go into STEM and go into science. So following my passions and doing what makes me happy, I love science. I love to problem solve. I love the technical aspects of it. And that's what makes me want to be a um, medical doctor mm-hmm. is being able to work with different techniques, work with patients, be hands-on. And also, um, I love serving others. I'm very passionate about getting in there, making sure people are straight, having good um, communication skills, but also being an effective um, empath to people. I'm very big on feeling people's pain. So being a empath, but also being a servant, being a, um, so like, being a medical doctor, that's fitting for me because I'm passionate for science. I'm passionate for help, helping others. But I find myself in positions where I want to serve. And that's what following my passion has led me to this path of right now working as a scientist full time. But in the next few years, transitioning into medical school and then as a physician. So it's like my path is out there. But, you know, being flexible, listening to wise counsel, but following my heart at the same time. Yeah. And, and something that uh, I think fits in really nicely with that, you know, I think, I think oftentimes when people, you know, they find what they want to do or they, they found someone that is doing what they want to do. Um, You know, it it can be daunting to think, well, how do I, like, I found the person, I found the example that I want to follow, but like, they're, they're like a hundred steps ahead of me. Like I've already got all these things going on in my life. I don't know how I'm going to make, you know, fit this, this other whole, this whole other experience into my life uh, along with everything I'm already doing. And, and I get that, you know, you see someone that's like started a, a really successful business. It's like, well, goodness, like there's all, there's a lot of time and resources and, and, and uh, you know, blood, sweat and tears that have gone into making that business into what it is. And I would love to do that, but how, how, where do I even start? Um, I think oftentimes an important thing that, that goes overlooked is, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to achieve your dream right now. You don't have to achieve your dream tomorrow. And, and what I mean by that is Ooh, say that. Please well, say that again. Well, well, what I mean by that is it's just just start where you can start, you know. Yes. Um, if if you think of whatever dream you're trying to achieve or whatever goal you have ahead of you, if you think of it like a puzzle, you know, like you you want to complete this big puzzle and it's a it's a thousand piece puzzle. Well, you don't have to have it all solved in, in 10 minutes. You don't have to have it all solved right now. Just find that first piece. Find that first piece and start where you can start. Start in the corner. Start wherever you want to start. And then find the next piece that goes along with it. And, and I know that's that's kind of abstract and metaphorical, but start where you can start. If it's, if it's going to take time, that's okay. But if you take that first step, you're already farther along than you are before. If all you can do is is put, you know, $10 worth of investment into this new project, then put $10 in. If all you can do is get one client, then get one client. That's okay. That's better than what you were before. And you've taken a step to where you want to be. Uh, you don't have to have it all figured out overnight. You don't have to have everything achieved all at once overnight because in reality, that's not sustainable. What is sustainable though is, is steady and constant growth. If you take one step at a time each day, Eventually, you're gonna you're gonna have you know gone a long way. You're gonna have gone farther than you've ever thought you could go before, and and I think that's really important because, especially like we've been talking about social media, we'll see people ahead of us that they've accomplished so much, they've done so many great things, and they've built so many cool things. It's like, oh, I want to be that. So I got to be that tomorrow. I got to be that right now. Like right here in this moment, I got to do that right now. But that's not sustainable. That's not even possible. Do what you can do. Start where you can start and take that first step. If you can take that first step. The odds of you taking that second step and that third step and that fourth step beyond that are incredibly Absolutely. high. And, and it's, it's, it's incredibly, it becomes much easier to then take those subsequent steps after that, you know? I 100% agree with you because, and that's where we stress ourselves out. It's trying to do everything in a day. I have these extensive like to-do lists. And I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm going to do about 30 things in a day. And then I get to like five and I'm just like, yeah, no, this isn't going to happen. And then I'm freaking out. Like, why isn't this done? And I'm just like, cause you put too much on your plate. Don't put too much on your plate where you're going to one, 
not be able to digest the moment that you're in because when you have too much on your plate, sometimes you're going to digest the little things. You may miss something really simple that's going to cause you to grow or it's going to cause you to make a connection with someone. It's going to cause you to maybe make a career change or one conversation could put you on to something greater. So that's why I try to limit my to-do list. And I'm just like, I'm going to do maybe four or five things instead of 25 so that I can be able to take my time because slow and steady wins the race. This is and one thing that um, my dad told me upon entering undergraduate. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Even with um, even with entering post-grad, getting ready to apply to medical school during this gap year, different things. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So taking my time, pacing myself. You know, I see peers. I see a lot of my friends. You know, they they've been accepted to medical school. Some of my friends have already started medical school. Have been there for a full year. And it's like, wow, I should have did that during undergraduate. What was I doing? I wasn't really focused like I should have been. But you live and you learn. And I'm at a point where it's like I'm at peace where I'm at right now. And that's the beautiful thing about it is when you're at peace where you're at, no comparison can rock you. Nothing can change your mindset because you know that you're manifesting in your own lane and you're continuing to grow and go on a path that you're directed. Everyone has their own individual path. But it's up to you to take that time to just walk your path. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you were talking about how, you know, it's easy to look at other people and compare yourself to them. But you have to understand that our lives, like we're, we're writing our own story. We're, we're, writing, we're writing our own story about ourselves. Our story should not be, and I, you know, there shouldn't be a full chapter where you're sitting there and you're thinking, and I sat around and looked at all these people that are doing more than me and I got really upset about it. Like, no. It's okay if it, it's okay if you take time, like you said. It's okay to be slow. Slow and steady wins the race, as the old saying goes. It's okay to take time to build that foundation and to kind of build up the life and to write the story of your life that you want to write. You don't have to do it all today, tomorrow necessarily. You can take each day, one day at a time, one step at a time, and build that life slowly and steadily uh, that you want to live. I, I think I, I'm a I'm a firm believer in that. I don't think you have to, uh, you know, have it all figured out, uh, have life figured out all at once, or, you know, you don't have to have every answer to every question all the time. Being able to learn from your experiences, to learn from others around you, and to lean on others around you, you know, understand that I'm going to excel at certain things, and you're going to excel at certain things, and we're both going to have shortfalls in certain areas, but being able to lean on each other to make up those differences. Uh, I think that's incredibly important. And, and it, it allows us to, goes back to the whole idea of community, but it, it, it really allows us to be better than the, the what, how's the saying go? Like more than, more than the sum of our parts, you know, uh, yeah, on, our yeah. own, <laughs> on our own, we're really not, we can't do a whole lot. But when we're together, when we're working together, when we're making up for the areas that we don't, you know, mm-hmm. and when, when I'm making up for areas that you may not succeed in and you're making up for areas that I may not succeed in, we can do a lot more together than we can alone. And I think that's, I think that's just incredibly important. And I, I hope that uh, more people can take that to heart and, and apply it to their own lives, you know? Absolutely. I do agree. And it's like when you're when you're weak in some areas, like maybe some friends may have stronger organizational skills. Maybe some friends may have stronger conversational skills. There's going to be a medium where they meet and then you're going to be able to catch each other up to different speeds. And that's the beautiful, the beautiful part of it, where someone is strong and I'm weak, where somewhere I'm weak and they're strong, vice versa. We can work with each other to acquire these different skills and get our skill sets up. And that's really the beautiful thing about community is there's something to learn from everybody. Um, growing up, I always heard that, you know, there's something to learn for everybody. Don't count people out because there's something to learn from everybody. Um, you can learn something from anybody on the street. You can learn something from a TikTok. Um, but there's something to learn from everybody. So keeping your eyes and ears open, that's a, a really good thing because that may be how you build community. That person that you may talk to on a bus or a train they may be able to give you some insight into something that you never even thought about opening your mind to um, a perspective. And I think one thing I was on a flight um, heading to Atlanta before I fully moved to Massachusetts and I met a 75 year old man. I was like, yeah, dude, you know, we were just talking and he was like, yeah, dude, um, I'm on my way to go to Argentina. And I was like, okay, Argentina. I was like, wow. Oh. was like, and then I'm going to Antarctica from Argentina. I was like, Oh, wow. You know, these are different things that you wouldn't even think about going on a cruise from Buenos Aires, Argentina, or like the lower part of Argentina to 
go to um, Antarctica on a cruise. Yeah. So it's like hearing that perspective, and this is from someone who was on the plane. Um, you know, and I was just like, wow, I, I wouldn't have thought about that. But he introduced me to different things, talked about traveling the world, different things to do in my twenties to just see the world. And it was it was just that two hour conversation really opened my mind to a lot and to hear a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the idea of being able to learn from anybody, uh, you know, cause someone might hear that and think, okay, well, what if I have a bad experience with somebody? Like, what if they're, what does it really mean to me? How am I supposed to learn from that? Um, you know, I mean, it, it may sound a little bit intuitive, but you can learn from any experience, good or bad from, from, you know, individuals who treat you the way that you hope to be treated and even individuals who maybe they don't. Um, those, both of those experiences are, equally as important to keep in your pocket. Like you, like you were saying how your, uh, your grandmother told you, um, you know, obviously it's, it's easy to look at someone who uh, sets the example that we hope to follow and to say, I want to be like them. You can, you can easily draw a line from yourself to them and follow that example that they set. Uh, but at the same time, if you have an experience with someone who maybe it wasn't a great experience, maybe they, you know, they weren't exactly holding themselves to the highest standard that you would hope to hold yourself to. That's okay. You can look at that and say, I know now what I shouldn't do, or I know now what I, you know, instead of doing what this person did, I can do this in this situation. Uh, and I would imagine like that man, he's, he's probably had lots of experiences like that. He probably has had lots of positive and negative experiences in his life that he's now been able to culminate into where he's at today. He's been able to gather all those experiences, good and bad, and apply them to his life to, you know, do whatever he wants to do, whether he wants to travel the world or whether he wants to inspire younger individuals like yourself. He can take right. those good and those bad experiences to do and accomplish those goals, you know? You learn you learn something new every day from these conversations, random conversations, conversations with like-minded people. And that's why I like to just take time to do different things throughout my day because um when you're flexible in your schedule and you you give yourself a little bit of wiggle room, you're able to have those conversations. You're able to make those connections that inspire you. And that's one thing that I've been doing post-grad lately um, is having conversations that inspire me, conversations that motivate me. This conversation is inspiring me because great minds do think alike. And when you get together, it's like that community sense, that community build um, that pushes you further. So that's what I wanted to. That's what I want to do now is um, sit down and have conversations that inspire me, conversations that cause me to think different, but also want more um, in terms of professional development, career-wise, as well as um, just being a twenty-something and learning. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. I know that we've talked about not necessarily having, uh, you know, we've talked about not necessarily having it all figured out all at once. But, uh, you know, like I said, you, you recently graduated from Georgia Tech. You're taking a little bit of a, a hiatus right now, which is which is great. I'm, I'm, I, I am a big supporter in taking the time that you need to accomplish whatever goals. Um, and then hopefully you, you plan to uh, attend medical school soon at some point. For you, what what do you what's what's next for you? Like, what do you hope to do? What is what is your you know? If if Edward could have whatever he want, if he could achieve whatever goal he wanted to achieve, you know, whether it be whether it's big or small, whatever goal it is, what do you hope to be able to look back on your life and say, "I'm glad that I did this thing," or "I'm glad that I achieved this"? Uh, What what example do you hope to set, and what what's the ultimate? uh, You know, if you could pick one achievable goal for you that you you hope to uh, rise up and achieve one day, what what is that for you? Oh, wow. Um, this is actually a good one. I would say I've said that a lot today, actually, but these, these questions are really good. It's causing me to put a lot <laughs> well, of thank perspective. You. Um, but one thing I would like to say is if I had one goal um, to execute, I would say to be um, philanthrop- uh, not even be a philanthropist oh, and yes. to serve. Um Service is my heart. Service is my passion. It's always been like that um, since I was young. So finding my place in a position where um, I'm lifting others up as I climb, and that's one of my motives, to pay it forward and lift others up as I climb. So no matter what career I am, no matter what I'm doing, finding a way to give back, finding a way to make sure others are elevating mentally, physically, spiritually, finding a way to empower. Because the biggest thing is you can be a leader. You can be in a power position. But what are you doing to bring those up behind you? What are the, what are you doing to go back to your hometown, go back to your area, go back to your state? What are you doing to bring those people up? 
are you just in a position just to say, hey, I made it, I'm the big man in suits, or are you going to go back and actually help people? Because that's what leadership is about. Leadership is about having people that follow you, yes, indeed, but it's also about having those people that you bring up with you because the world needs more leaders. We don't need more followers. We have a lot of followers that follow, you know, social media trends and everything, but the world needs more leaders. We need to empower um, more people. And that's the biggest thing. If you're not, if you're a leader and you're not serving or you're not finding yourself with a mentor, mentor, mentee, it's important that as a leader, you have a mentor and a mentee. One, because it keeps a constant cycle. One, someone else is bringing you up and two, you're bringing somebody else up. So it keeps like an assembly line. It keeps going. It's a cycle and it's a gift that keeps on reoccurring. So that is one. If I had something to say, I would say it'll have to be um, blunt. I can't even say the word today. Wow. But to be. I know know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But um, to find myself in a position of service, no matter what career, no matter where in the world I may be, but find myself in a position of service and uplifting. I love that. I love that. I think that's a great attitude to have. I think that the attitude of having a attitude of service can be applied in whatever field you find yourself in. It doesn't necessarily have to be in, you know, the medical field, but obviously, obviously that's a a big one, but you can serve in more ways than one in more avenues of life than one. And I think that's uh, a great attitude to have. And I hope that uh, in my life, I'm able to better employ an attitude of service and an attitude of gratitude to those around me uh, and to better, you know, like I said, we're, we are more, we're better together. We are the, we are more than the sum of our parts, you know, as, as the saying goes. And I think that if we're better able to serve others, we're better able to serve ourselves at the same time. So I love that. I love that, man. Uh, before we finish up here, uh, I, I want to say, first off, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. It's been a, a pleasure speaking with you and uh, I, I'm, I'm glad we were able to connect, even if it's over zoom, I wish I could, wish I could uh, shake your hand somehow while we're, while we're here, but uh, <laughs> we well, can do a virtual handshake. Well, yeah. you know. Um, but again, thank you for coming on. It really has been a pleasure speaking with you before we finish up. I always like to give the guests, uh, just the chance to open the floor up to them. If there's anybody you want to give a shout out to, if there's anything that you're working on that you want to, you know, talk about, if there's anything in particular, you, you just, you know, you really want to say or anything you'd like to, you know, uh, get out into the world. Uh, now's your chance. Now's your opportunity. I want to give you the floor to say whatever you like. So yeah, thank you again for coming on and, uh, the floor is yours. Thank you so much, Daniel, for having me. Um, this has been amazing. This whole conversation just is, it's, it's been a, it's been a true gem, um, in my day. So thank you. I want to end with this. Um, I'd like to give a special thanks to my parents for cultivating, um, this gift in me to serve this gift, to speak, um, especially a special thanks to my community as well, because it takes a village to raise a child. So my community, those people have poured into me over the years. There's countless names that I can't even name off the top of my head, but thank you. And most importantly, um, being here at 23, I'm truly blessed to be here at 23, but um, it's only by God's grace that I'm here doing what I'm doing and operating in my purpose. So shout out to um, God because it's only by his grace I'm here and thriving in, in my purpose. So that's all I had to say um, pretty much to anyone that's listening. Stay true to your goals, operate in your gifts, and don't forget to lift up someone else as you find. Because when you lift, when you lift others, you can, you may be on a leadership position, but when you lift others, you'll be able to keep a constant cycle going. So don't be selfish. Don't be stingy with your gift, but put out your work, put out your best work and see where it lands. And don't forget to serve. I love it. I love it, man. Uh, do you, so I know that you're on LinkedIn uh, and I'll make sure if, if you want to check out uh, what Edward's doing on LinkedIn, I'll put his, uh, the link to his LinkedIn, the link to his LinkedIn account uh, in the description of today's episode. So if you want to check him out uh, there, you, you certainly can. Do you have any other social media handles, any websites or anything yes. like that? I'll make, as in, I'll make sure to also Absolutely. put the link for his book. So if you'd like to check out his book, it is also down there as well. Uh, but yeah, do you have any other ways that people can get in contact with you or follow what you got going on? Absolutely. So my Instagram is um, at I am Edward Freeman. So it's just my um, it's just my name. I am and then Edward Freeman. So if you see Georgia Tech with a yellow jacket and the bio, that's definitely me. So 
Um, follow me on Instagram. I do post motivational um, content. Um, I also do like blog my travels and everything on Instagram. So it's a, it's a mix. So I try to have fun on Instagram. It's, it can't be, it has to be a balance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, for sure. I'll make sure to put that link uh, down there in the description. So if you want to follow him on LinkedIn, if you want to follow him on Instagram, if you want to support him and uh, get his book and check out uh, everything he's going on, support him, then feel free to head down to the description uh, of today's episode and, and give him a follow and support Edward. But Edward, again, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure speaking with you uh, again here today, and I hope we can do it again in the future. Uh, but thank you again for everybody that tuned into today's episode. Um, again, all the, the related links will be in the description, so feel free to head down there, check out Edward and what he's got going on, and we hope to see you on the next episode of The Third Seat. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.